They're carrying five five sixes and pineapples. Hello, welcome to episode 16 of Pod'em Up. My name is Ollie, and I'm joined by, as always, my friend Tibbs. Hello, Tibbs. I am like you. I have no name. <laughs> I've been waiting all week you to... Were... Yeah, you were planning this, I could yeah, tell. I yeah. could tell that wasn't a spur of the moment No, thing. it was yeah. not, not a spur of the moment thing. I thought, <laughs> I'm going to spring that on you, and just see, let's just see how that lands. But yeah, um, I'm Tibbs. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? That's good. Yeah, um, yeah. In case you didn't know, we're doing their Metal Gear Solid uh, this month. Yeah, it's um, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got, I got, I'd be interested to hear what you got to say about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm keeping my opinions until until we get there. Yeah, but, cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, how have you been? What have you been playing? That sort of thing. I've been playing quite a lot, actually. Um, yes, I thought you had. I've seen a lot of things pop up on your Twitter this yeah. month, so I'm, I'm keen to hear all about it. Yeah, it's one of those months where I managed to actually squeeze in quite a few a few different things. Um, Excellent. I played... I've forgotten what it's called. Control. Um, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah, new yeah. Uh, Remedy game, the guys who did uh, Max Payne, Alan Wake, and uh, Quantum something... The Xbox One exclusive Quantum something or another. Um, okay. It was a good one, but um, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but yeah, it's basically like a, th- a third-person action-adventure type thing. Uh, it's a very weird uh, story. Um, it's kind of like an FBI-type organisation that investigates and tries to contain... Uh, incursions on our reality from an alternate dimension um, and it's just a very hard story to explain um, They, ex- they, you're part of a um, 
like I say, this FBI type organization, but you become the director because a sentient gun uh, decides that you're okay. And you, right. if any anyone who picks up this gun, if you're if you're a good egg, then you become the director. If you're a bad egg, it makes you shoot yourself. So luckily, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> luckily, uh, you are chosen to be the director. So uh, you're in charge of the the whole thing now. As job interviews go, it's um, you know, it's not a bad one. And mm. uh, yeah, you've got to investigate um what's happening in this this building called the oldest house which is like a there's a headquarters of, the, of this organization that investigates all these weird paranormal events um it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside um kind of doctor who style and mm-hmm. the rooms are always moving around and shifting and corridors change and oh, okay it's a very very strange game it's quite good it's it's pretty good fun um the combat's a bit stiff and it's it gets a little bit repetitive. There's a little bit of uh, sort of traipsing back and forward across the map. It's kind of got... I've heard it described as Metroidvania in that mm. there's different areas of the map you can visit, but you need to get certain abilities and unlock certain um, abilities before you can mm. actually get there. Um, yeah. It's incredibly common game design these days, actually. It is getting In all common, sorts yeah. of... Yeah, all sorts of permutations of it, but it's 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 that kind of op- more open style. It's very common at the moment, isn't it? Very popular. It is very popular. Um, mm. Yeah, and that's kind of it. You sort of uh, investigate around. Um, I kind of uh, lost, not lost interest, but I lost a bit of momentum with it. Um, some mm. of the bosses that you fight, I, I'm I'm way over the halfway point of the game. I think I'm probably about three quarters of the way through. And some of the bosses are a little bit cheap, and you you feel like the bosses themselves aren't difficult in terms of what you've got to do and how to beat them. It's just the fact that the controls feel a little bit... They're not as responsive as you'd want them to be to complete the, the task, if you see what I mean. Right. It's kind of... Yeah. The difficulty yeah, yeah. comes from getting the game to do what you want it to do rather than... Rather than the actual challenge of the boss, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's um, But yeah, I'd recommend it. I mean, if you've played any other, if anyone's played any other Remedy games, if you if you liked Max Payne and you liked, um, the, I'm, I can't remember what this Quantum one's called, Quantum something. Um, if you like those, you'll like this. So it's, it's a pretty safe bet if you liked any of those previous games. <clears throat> okay, cool. so, I've yeah. never played any of those previous games, I must admit. I'm sure we'll cover Max Payne on a future episode at some point. It's hmm. one of those games on you know I would like to to get round to. But um. okay, cool. Uh, the other game I played was Man of Medan, uh, which is right. What's that? That is another. It's like a horror adventure. Um, mm. Did you ever play or have you ever heard of Until Dawn on PlayStation Four? Um, name rings a bell. I haven't played it. No. It's. It's a, it's ba- it's basically the same. It's a it's a spiritual sequel to that. It's kind of mm. an adventure similar to I suppose conceptually similar to the um, Telltale games um, mm. like Walking Dead that kind of thing. Yeah. We've got like a small cast of characters, and depending on what choices you make, you're presented with sort of. Um, little ethical dilemmas or quick um, quick decisions to make. And mm. depending on what you do, it will branch off into a different part of the game. 
and you depending on what choices you make any character in the game can die um and you've got to try right. and make it through to the end of the story with all the characters intact basically but um there's lots of flexibility on different routes you can take so you know you could if me and you played the game and we talked about it we'd probably have seen completely different parts of the story okay that's um, pretty cool yeah so it's a pretty cool um pretty cool thing um yeah. apparently with man of Medan, i only played it single player mm. but it does have a uh, co-op in uh involved in it and one of the cool things that i've seen online other people play is say uh you and i were playing co-op there'll be bits where both of our characters are on screen but it won't show me the prompts that you're seeing so i got no idea what decisions you're making and how it might affect the story and you can't see what decisions i'm making so you know you've got that sort of tension that arises between you know has he done what i would have done in that situation (laughs) and you know it's all that kind of thing but um right i see it's a pretty interesting yeah. little game. Um, it's Sounds gonna, interesting. Yeah. It's going to be part of a series. Um, they're doing sort of like a horror anthology series, kind of in the style of um, like Twilight Zone or something like that, where there'll be like little episodic games unrelated right, yeah. to each other at all, mm. um, but all part of this same sort of themed event of games. Um, but yeah, it's quite good. It's only like 20 quid, so I'd recommend anyone pick that up if you're interested. Um, it's quite short. I, you can get through it in about four hours, I think. But um, yeah, it's an interesting interesting concept. Hmm. Okay, so, um, cool. And the last one I played, uh, other than obviously our game of the month, um, was Gears of War 5, which uh, I okay. just started playing this morning. Yeah, you're a bit of a Gears of War fan, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I love mm. Gears of War. Um, I w- mm. was a bit underwhelmed by Gears of War 4. Um, mm. There wasn't anything particularly bad with it, but it just didn't feel like... like the, the first three Gears of War games always felt like a bit of an event. Like It was like, oh, there's a new Gears game. It's going to be... You know, lots of excitement, lots of hype surrounding it. Yeah. And Gears 4 just felt a bit understated. And I think even um, Gears 5, there doesn't seem to have been a lot of fanfare surrounding it. But um, the bit I've played so far has is, is been, you know, really great. It's, um, it's more of the same, basically. Lots of little tweaks of the gameplay, lots of little things, but not too far away from the formula that they've sort of established. So mm. um, I'll report back when I've played more than an hour of it. But the first hours are, are pretty good. So I'd, I'd give that a, a seal of approval. Mm. Yes, it is interesting how it's that series is is sort of there and it's popular, but it's you don't hear as much, you know, excitement about it anymore, do you? Really? No, you really like, don't. You, like one and two, and I, I, I guess three, I suppose, as you said, is um, yeah. I remember two especially. Loads of people were excited about that. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Well, I remember, you know, even three. I, I um. I bought the the epic edition for that with like this huge box with a statue that's far too <laughs> yeah. big to actually put anywhere, um, <laughs> and you know a lot of sort of collectible tat that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went for the like the midnight launch for that. They and the uh, game shop in town opened up at midnight, and there were people oh, right. queuing down the block to get it. And oh, blimey, yeah, yeah, I mean, wow. it was, yeah, it was that's really. Nuts, yeah. It's sort of a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz around it, and it doesn't yeah. seem to be. It seems to have sort of completely dried up. But um, hmm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it though. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to playing through the rest of that. I've heard that it does some really interesting things about two or three hours into the game, some really unexpected things for mm-hmm. the franchise. But um, I've 
kept free of any spoilers so i don't know if that's just you know marketing spiel or if there's something genuinely exciting in the in the pipeline but um hmm. yeah be interesting to find out okay yeah let us know next month yeah so what uh, about you well before we get to me there's one more game that i wanted to talk to you about that i know you played um oh. it was quite i think it was early on in the month it was um is it astrobot oh the yes, vr yes, platformer yes, yes yeah oh i love that it's so good <laughs> it's so yeah. good it's one of those games it's a psvr exclusive Mm. Um, it's one of those games if anyone said to me like I don't really get the whole VR thing like what's what's the big deal with VR you know show me a game that would sell me on VR I would yeah. I would get them to play that it's yeah. really really good it's a Mario game it, it's a, it's like a reskinned Mario game basically it's so mm. obvious what they were going for they, they've been play- they'd obviously been playing a lot of Mario Galaxy, um, Mario 64, and they've just copied and pasted it. And that's not mm. a criticism at all. It's, it's it's so good. Like even the enemies, you you can see when you the enemies you encounter, you can clearly see their Goombas and their Wrigglers <laughs> and you know all, all of them. You can see it's <laughs> it's Mario. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's really adorable. The art style is fantastic. Uh, you are Astrobot, who is just like a little nice little robot. He's got a nice little cape, and some evil creature has blown up your ship, and all the Astrobots have been scattered across the galaxy, and you've just got to go around them. I think there's like a hundred and fifty or so of them, and <laughs> um, you've just got the like six or so hidden in each level. Right, might, might be eight, but there's a bunch of them hidden in each level, and you've just got to navigate your way through the level, find the little astrobots, and get to the end. Um, really basic platforming stuff, but it's done. It just controls so well. It's it's just a really charming game, and mm. they've got sort of every there's like five planets, and each planet's got like five different worlds that you've got to go through and a boss level and the bosses are so good it's one of those things that you can only get in vr it's this sense of scale um, yeah i was going to ask you how the element the vr element plays into like a, a 3d platformer because yeah. you wouldn't think it would be the first thing to benefit from vr as much as other genres so no you yeah, wouldn't go on. you really wouldn't um mm. i mean i think the a lot of the perception is uh vr is all sort of first person shooters yeah. and yeah. jump scare horror type things and mm. it just shows that you know you can really do a platform of justice on it um for the most part it looks it's as you would expect, it's kind of just like a 3D effect. You've it's like a little 3D diorama, or a little 3D model set in front of you, and you you watch mm. a little guy go around. But every now and then, there's obstacles that you'll have to headbutt to like get out of the way, and you'll have to sort of dodge dodge from side to side as projectiles come at the screen. And you're you're actually able to peek round corners to you'll you'll hear one of the little astrobots calling for help, but you can't see it anywhere until you actually sort of lean out of your chair and look round. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's yeah, really cool. it's really cool. And you yeah. you know you'll look down and you'll see like a great pit going down below you, and there'll be like a little astrobot down the bottom, and you, it's just really really neat. And it's 
there's a boss in particular. There's um, it's like a, a giant bird, and he sort of pecks at the. You've got to get him to peck a certain part of the um, of the stage, and his beak will get stuck, and then you can sort of run up to him and attack him. Hmm. But just a sense of scale when he swoops up on you, and the on the when he sort of enters the stage. It's just incredible. It's really mm. breathtaking. Like you really feel like this is a huge boss sort of towering over you, and it's like I don't. This is a mental. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. And then you know, it, once once you understand, it's just the same as any other. You know, any other boss. You've just got to find the pattern and beat him and everything. But it's just mm. that initial. It's that initial sense of scale. It's the only way I can describe it. It really sort of... It's something special when you experience it. Yeah, it is amazing. I tried VR... Um, I've, I've tried it before a couple of times. And, mm. and um, in my office, we do we sort of do games for various people, like small games. And one of the guys is working on a VR game for this company. So um, he set up a little demo, not of his game, but just a, like a demo that you can get. And everyone in the office tried it. And yeah, it, it is amazing. One of them was... Um, I think it's, it's the Oculus he's got. And... One of them was like a T-Rex demo. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but no, you're in like no, a museum and you see this T-Rex over in the corner and it's like a long corridor and he looks quite far away. As he comes closer and closer, you just, you, it's like you said, this sense of scale yeah. is amazing. And it's, it's amazing because you know it's not real, but when that massive face comes right in your face, yeah. you, you believe it's real. It's so weird. It like, is. You cannot stop yourself from believing it's real. Yeah, it's and it's, it's just you literally incredible. step back, and it's like that. There was an experience I've never had before, and it's just amazing. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, the the this this game though is um is probably one of the first ones that's really sort of selling me on PSVR. I must say. Yeah. It, it, um, it's the it's the game I would use as an example to um, you know, to really show uh, you know what vr can bring to to games rather than just yeah. there's lots of cool tech demos i mean when you buy the psvr there's uh you get like a little disc with um some basic tech demos on there there's like a one where you're in a, a submersible cage that goes down and you're um you you don't interact in any way it's just like a mm, um like yes. an animation type of thing and like a shark attacks the cage and it's it's amazing don't get me wrong it's a really great uh sort of tech demo but there are a lot of games on there that, you know, once you've seen one first-person horror game on there, you've pretty yeah. much seen them all. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you can get a bit jaded with, oh, okay, I, I kind of know what to expect here. Yeah. But then when you see a game, you know, that you know, you, you know platform games like the back of your hand, you know what to expect, you know all the conventions, and then mm. you see it with VR, it's just giving it like a, a whole new lease of life, I think. And it's really... Yeah, it's great. I, it's if you take the plunge with PSVR, I would make it the, the the first game that you buy on it. Yeah, I'd like to try it first before I buy it because my only concern is my dodgy eyes. Yeah, because you have to effectively got a screen right in front of them, and I don't know how damaging that's going to be. So I don't want to take the plunge and buy it only for it to like completely mess up my eyes and not be able to use it. Yeah. So that is my only reservation right now. Otherwise, I probably would have bought it by now. To be honest. Um, yeah, so I, I need to, have to try. I need to borrow it off someone or something. Yeah. Know. Um, but yeah, it's um, it sounds really cool, and that game sounds amazing. I've read a lot of, about it, and everyone says it's brilliant. Like it's as good as Mario, you know. Like it is. So, it is. It's yeah. definitely yeah. I I'm really surprised that Sony haven't been pushing it, and especially yeah. Astro yeah, Bot as like yeah. a little a little mascot. Exactly. Yeah. 
you know, I went online straight afterwards. I was like, I just want like a little Astrobot, little vinyl figure, <laughs> little model. It's nothing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. It's um because I know Sony are still sort of pushing on with with VR. They're trying to you know keep it keep it going. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that is difficult to sell and, until you try it yourself, isn't it? It's, that's the problem with VR. Yeah, it really is. Because I think um, a lot of the time, I mean, I thought it as well when um, back when the Oculus was, hmm. you know, was knocking about. Um, the the first development kits of Oculus came out. I was interested in it, but I kind of thought, well, I can imagine what you know. I I can imagine what it's going to be like. I don't really need to experience it to yeah. to know what it's going to be like. It's going to exactly. be you know just like having a big TV in front of you. <laughs> but it's completely not when you actually it's, try it's, uh, it. Not, yeah, it's you know? yeah, it's um, it's the yeah, the sense of scale from these things is is unbelievable. You yeah. really you yeah. really have to try it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really I, cool. I forgot. I yeah, I forgot. I played. I thought I played that before our last show. Yeah, surprising. So I have managed to fit in quite a bit. This, this you month. have. Yeah, I know. I t- <laughs> yeah. Yes, I saw that quite early on in the month. I thought I must ask. I must make sure he talks about that because I really want to find out more about that. Yeah, great yeah. soundtrack as well. I've been. Oh, it's, good. Yeah, Excellent. it's one of those games where I've been. You know, some of the songs are stuck in your head. You find yourself humming them as you you go oh, along. That's perfect. So that yeah. really is like the the. The you know the the last step to making it like a perfect game really isn't it yeah, yeah. excellent yeah cool okay um, well MGS has taken up quite a lot of my time this month because I did try and complete it and I did complete it um, but I've also been playing Shenmue two oh, cracking cool. on with my, um, my 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 big challenge this year of playing all the Shenmue games <laughs> ready for three um, so as such I'm kind of, I'm probably I'm probably rushing through it a little bit too much just to make sure I get it done. Mm. And everyone says you need to take your time with Shenmue and everything. But um, it's good. I'm not really enjoying it as much as the first one, I must be honest. I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. There's something about it. I'm not I'm about, I'm not quite halfway through. I think I'm nearly halfway through. Um, but it, it is good. And I'm still, I still want to carry on with it. I still want to. I think it's just a bit... I'm waiting for it to get going, really like the story and everything like at the moment I'm just sort of going I'm always trying to look for a particular person you're in, it takes place in Hong Kong instead of um, Japan so he's moved to, he's gone to Hong Kong in search of you know avenging his father ultimately um, so you know you're looking for you're, you're looking for a particular person and you're going to ask these people and then you finally find him and then he's like oh no you need to find this other person and it's just it's kind of gone through several different people doing that at the moment and it's just kind of kind of feels a bit samey um and the, there's a bit more of an emphasis on money as well. Like in the first one, you kind of had all the money you needed, really. You kind of yeah. get, give, kept having it given to you. In this one, you have to earn it all. And there's not, unless I'm missing quite a few, there's not many different ways of earning money. And they're all kind of tedious once you've done them, like once or twice. Mm. Like one of them is this, um, you have to ask people about ways to earn money in the nearby area. And they'll just say, either do some gambling or go and work at this lucky hit stand which is basically just one of those those games of like plinko yeah you know with all the pins you just have to drop the the ball and that's that's fun you know i had a you have you play against another person and it's like you know first one to two or something and it, i had one that just went on for like i swear like at least half an hour maybe 45 minutes because we just kept drawing <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if gambling's a, a good way to earn money no, I don't know if that counts as a, as as important. <laughs> you know, if you went to the job centre, it's like, listen, I'm out of work. Have you got any suggestions? Well, why not gamble? Have you tried gambling? Head There's down a the casino bookies. next door. Yeah. 
I know. Yeah, and there's other ones where you have to move, like, um, you basically get a little job and you, you carry these crates from one end of an area to another with this really, really annoying guy. And that's only seems to be, that seems to be the only stable way I can find of making money at the moment. So I'm trying to raise, at the moment, I'm trying to raise some funds to, to sort of get in with this group and then hopefully the story will progress a bit more, but... Yeah, as I, as I say, I'm, I'm going through it, but I'm looking forward to when Shenmue 3. When is Shenmue so. 3? Because I, I got an email from Limited Run Games earlier about um, Shenmue 3 coming soon. Um, is that just mm. like their pre-order for their edition? or? I don't know, actually. I mean, it's it's got a general release. It's not like a limited thing, I don't think. Um, I've pre-ordered it with um, GameCollection.net. Um but I, I, you know, I yeah. think it's just a general game. I don't think it's like limited in any way. Um, mm. Maybe they've not, got their own like their own special edition type thing. Yeah, possibly. I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's coming mid-November. So I've got plenty of time to do it. I just I want to sort of I want to sort of get get through it with a, a reasonable amount of time in between to just sort of just play like loads of random different games. You know, like a different game every night for a change. You know, rather than just have the same thing for like a month or so. You know. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah. So that's what I've, that's the main thing I've been doing. I've also played um, Exception, which was my first yes, indescribable pick. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, that's really good. It's really good fun. It's a, it's a nice sort of wind down game after you've had a good long session with Shenmue or or Metal Gear Solid, and you know you just want a quick ten minute thing to play before you go to bed. You know that's what I've been sort of chipping or chipping it away as at the moment. Um, that it's um, if you didn't catch the show, it's a sort of a Tron Tron esque kind of two point five D platformer, um, uh, very fast paced, lots of particles, lots of wall jumping, sword swinging, that kind of thing. Lovely effect where you where you sort of hit an object and it kind of rotates the whole level around you and sort of spins around and you create sort of puzzles by doing that. Um, yeah, really good fun. I'd recommend it. It's uh, it's not much, it's only about a tenner or something like that. Yeah, so, brilliant. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's really good. Um, it reminds me of how you described Tetris effects and things like res and stuff. And obviously that's a yeah. similar aesthetic. It's quite yeah. actually quite relaxing. And something about the music as well. It's kind of, as I say, it's got a nice game to unwind with because even though it's kind of like, you know, fast-paced platforming, there is something quite soothing about it, actually. Um, weirdly. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I find it quite... Um, it's quite, it's quite very short levels as well. It's one of those games that's got tons and tons of levels, and they're all like really short, like yeah. thirty second long ones, you know. So it's one that got that factor of you know just one more. You just know, yeah, just pick up and play a couple more levels. Yeah. You, you know, you're not going to be stuck in like hour long stages. Exactly. Yeah, and there's there's um it's got a nice difficulty, you know, ramp. They're quite quite first sort of I don't know dozen two dozen are fairly straightforward and then you sort of they start ramping up a little bit and i'm sure they get harder and harder and um i don't know how far through i am but i'm not not very far i don't think you know i think there's like literally tons and tons of levels in it so yeah i'll, I'll keep uh keep chipping away i think brilliant yeah, recommended yeah and that's all really um can't really think of anything else i've been playing much this month so yeah um, any any gaming news we need to discuss? Well, well, there was a Nintendo Direct the other day, wasn't there? There was. Did you catch that? I yeah. did. Mm. Any thoughts? Sans. It's coming to, well, a costume, Sans costume in um, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's pretty cool. I don't play Super Smash mm. Brothers, but I like it. No. I like nice. the fact it's that nice. Sans is, is going to be there. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, 
There was also another um, little, you know, uh, Game Freak's new RPG. Yeah. Little Town Heroes. Yeah, that's it. Have um, the musical genius of Toby Fox. Yes. Making music for it. That's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, because, you know, I've recently discovered him in Undertale's. And immediately he's become one of the, in my opinion, one of the best video game sound artists ever, I think. Yeah, definitely. He's he's definitely up there. Yeah, he's brilliant. So, um, yeah, the game looks good as well, that that RPG. Um, But other than that, nothing really grabbed me from the the Nintendo Direct, really. No, I can't think of anything that particularly grabbed me. There wasn't much new. It was more sort of updates on games that we already knew were happening, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, they confirmed SNES games for the... um, the Switch, yeah, finally um, taking their time about it, but they got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I guess I just can't really get excited about the. the uh, we've said this before with the, the Nintendo um, things. I mean, the SNES games are slightly more um, appealing, mm. um, but I don't know anyone who gets excited about whatever new NES games are going to be announced each month. I know, the last time they did it, I looked on Twitter, the announcement, and saw the comments, and literally everyone was (laughs) just complaining about them, (laughs) saying, where are the SNES games, where are the GameCube games, N64, etc., and yeah. yeah, I mean the SNES games all brighten things up a bit. I thought it was supposed to be already done, though. I thought it was like, uh, you know, oh, surprise, they're they're launching tomorrow, Um, Mm. but I opened the app today and there weren't any SNES games on there at all. It was still all oh, the, the I, I, I thought, Yeah, I thought they were there by now. Yeah. I hadn't checked myself. I thought they were. Okay, yeah, does it need so, an update yeah. or something? Maybe it needs like a... Uh, the, the app updated before I launched it, um, mm. but I don't know, maybe, maybe it's like a firmware update that needs to be done as well. Yeah, maybe. Know. I'll try again mm. later. But yeah, I, I, did, yeah. I did fire I was, it up to sort of give it a go before the show, but yeah, there was nothing there. I was under the impression they were there already. I'm sure I've seen people tweeting pictures about it and stuff yeah but yeah okay um, um yeah, so any anything else that weird exercise thing did you see that <laughs> no go on it's kind I'm of not... it's like a hula hoop that you stick your um joy cons in no i haven't seen this at all yeah, it's like a, it's, it looks like they're aiming it to be like a kind of Wii Fit thing, but they didn't actually show any gameplay. Uh, mm. They just showed a, a load of people waggling a, a this weird hula hoop around, like they're rolling on the floor with it and okay. wobbling it around. Was this in the direct? I don't know if it was in the direct. It, no. it was. It was on. It, they uploaded it to Twitter earlier to um onto YouTube earlier today. Oh, okay. No, I'm not, so I, I assumed it. Was, it was part of the direct, and I I sort of zoned out before it came on, or I you know somehow missed it. Mm. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah. Very wee. Very a wee thing. That isn't it. Yeah, it is. It's very <laughs> wee. It's very wee. Um, yeah, have a look at it, and we'll 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 have a talk about that on the next show. See what you think of it. <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll do. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I love Nintendo. I know they're so nuts, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you never really know what they're going to do next. You just can't predict them. Um, other than that, um, that um, Disney Aladdin and Lion King collection caught my eye this month. Did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was I was interested at first. Mm. Um, because a lot of people, there was a lot of chatter on Twitter about be, being a HD uh, re-release or a HD mm. upgrade. Mm. It's just some ROMs on a cartridge. Yeah, um, I think it is. I, 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 
I saw the trailer first on Twitter and it was kind of low quality and I couldn't see when they were showing the gameplay footage I couldn't see the difference so I thought okay maybe it's just a bad quality video and I looked at the prop looked at the thing on YouTube in high quality and it does they don't seem to be much like remastered as far as no, I can see I don't think they're remastered <laughs> at all um <laughs> It's still a good collection because I think it's including not just the the Mega Drive versions, but like the the Game Gear and mm, Game Boy. Yes, yeah, interesting. As well. Yeah, so it's an interesting little collection. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can't be too cynical about it. I wish no. it, I wish it was uh, sort of a, a slightly um, you know HDified version. Um, yeah. Because they're both really good games, especially I, I tend to prefer the Mega Drive um, Aladdin to the SNES one. Yeah, I have a special connection with that. That's my technically my first ever game Aladdin. Yeah, I, I remember it very fondly. You know, cracking oh, open the Mega Drive as I've said before and yeah. playing it. So that's that's kind of why I I caught yeah, my. I, it kind I of makes sense. It not long ago, and it's it still holds up. It's a really oh, really it's, good it's game. a brilliant game. Yeah, um, it kind of makes sense because I was kind of expecting them to appear on the Mega Drive Mini, <clears throat> but. Maybe this makes sense why they're not why Disney didn't put them on when they put on the um, you know Castle of Illusion and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on that. Um, yeah, I'll be picking be nice them up. To, I'll, I'll get yeah. that. It, it, it it's one of those games where I can't really articulate why, but I think I prefer it on the Switch. I think I'll get that one on the Switch. I can't yeah. really say why I prefer that to the others, but it just feels like a Switch. There are game. some some games that just feel like Switch games, aren't they? It's weird. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's all I've got, really. Okay. You can you can tell we don't plan this this section ahead of time. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just the last minute. See but, anything yeah. besides the game of the month? We don't plan anything. <laughs> we don't really plan anything. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Although we do plan this section, um, we still don't have a proper <laughs> proper name for it. Well, I mean, are we going to? I think one. What you decide. Is it going to be called Indescribables or Incoming Indies? It's going to be Incoming Indies. I know when my ideas okay. aren't wanted, mate. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's Incoming uh. Indies. Um, and my Incoming Indie for the month, I'm not even going to give you a chance to uh, to respond. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, no, you snip this one right, right up from under my nose, you did. <laughs> Go on. Robot Champions. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't on. blame me blame uh, Dominoid he was tweeting about it and I thought well I'll go have a look at that and it looks really good um, yeah. actually to be fair I think you're going to have to do you'll probably uh, be the person to speak to about this because you've actually played the demo and I yes. have not mm. um, I'm only going by the Kickstarter page so um, it's basically Robot Wars yeah um, I was under the impression that you weren't much of a Robot Wars fan. Is that right? No, I liked Ro- I liked Robot Wars until yeah. I think it was. Um, I mean, this is UK Robot Wars. Yeah. Uh, Hypnodisc came along. Um, there's a robot called Hypnodisc, and it just ruined everyone. It was just unstoppable, yeah. and it just got boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. The minute Hypnodisc was there, it's like, oh, okay, okay, right. Mm. <laughs> um, that's it. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of. I think maybe it was the way the BBC BBC presented it as well. I I just I don't know. I think they were a bit corny with it, and I think they aimed it. Yeah. It was more aimed at kids rather than being. I think it could have been more than what the BBC made of it, but you, I didn't mind it back in the day. They did redo it um, recently for three series before cancelling it again. Oh, I didn't um, watch any of that. No. no, you might have you might have preferred that because that was taken a lot more seriously, and there was much less sort of damage, all out damage in it. You know, mm. it was much more of a competitive thing. 
Yeah. Um, by the time they did three series, by the time they got to the third series, they sort of refined it really nicely. It was really good, and the final oh. of that was absolutely brilliant. One of just the best in time for them I've to cancel seen. it. That's just great. in time for them to cancel it. You know, <laughs> that's the BBC for you. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's worth checking out if you can. Yeah, I will. I'll check um, out. Yeah, but this is yeah, this is basically Robot Wars, um, and yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to describe it. Um, you've it's um, I think the choices are a lot slightly limited at the moment, but I think they're going to have a much more comprehensive robot building um, thing in it from the from the video and the Kickstarter. Yeah, I was going to say the robot building aspect is going to be what makes or breaks it. I think. Yes, definitely, and it looks it looks like it's going to be pretty good. But at the moment, you can choose from like you know a hammer, flipper, all the sort of standard things you can you've seen in Robot Wars. But the controls are really really good actually, because you kind of imagine. Controlling these robots in real life is not as easy as it might, as you might think it is. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, I, I think it's actually quite difficult. But this, this, I found these controls really easy to get to grips with very quickly, um, and they're quite sturdy. The, the robots move around like as you would expect them to. It's quite sort of there is, you know, they've done they've done quite well at mimicking that sort of radio controlled mechanic, and it, I can't really describe it. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it feels quite authentic. Um, and really fun you know I played a few battles and once you kind of get into it and start really smashing them up it's really it's really good fun yeah um, so yeah I'm I'm looking forward to that one definitely yeah so you've got mm. the the flipper uh, yeah. which is called Stampede mm-hmm. and it's like a little bull but little bull horns and he's got a little flippy nose mm. um, Gigahertz yeah uh, who just looks like a a tank really just runs into things. Cleaver boy, he's got little little snips. And war toys. I like war yeah. toys just because it's it's a good pun. I'm a big fan of the. You're a big fan of the pun, yeah. The pun, and that is the pun in its purest form. Um, <laughs> I think there was wasn't there an actual robot wars um, robot called to- war toys. Oh, maybe I can't. I'm gonna have to Google that. Possibly. I think there might have been. Yeah, it might be infringing on someone's copyright. Um, yeah. It's, it's good. Um, it's um, a good. It looks good. It's got it a Kickstarter. Really is it for the Kickstarter finish now? Uh, let me just check. It might have done by the time we get this episode. Yeah? It might be done by the time I scrolled up to the top of the screen. Here we go. Um, sixteen days to go. Okay. Ugh, it's not looking that good. Actually, is it not? I actually haven't kickstarted this yet, though. So I, in that case, I will. Yeah. Um, eighteen thousand seven hundred thirty-three pounds pledged of a thirty thousand uh, pound goal. So okay, so they're not just over two weeks ago, and they're not. They're only just over the halfway point. So okay, so we need to get people spending on this. Yeah, yeah. Come on, if you're a fan of Robot Wars, go and go and do it. Yeah, or, um, definitely. Even if you're not I a fan th- of Robot Wars, do it out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense at all, no. Um, just do it. I don't do care it, if you're a fan or not. Yeah, yeah just exactly. do it. Yeah, we want to get this made. I think it's been working. They've been working on it for a while now, and I think. Oh, it definitely. I, think, I have a feeling. I have a fe- Yeah, and I have a feeling it'll get done whether they get this Kickstarter or not. I think it'll just get done a bit quicker. Maybe it's one mm. of those things. I know. I think, but yeah. Anyway, hopefully. Um, have you got an address for that? Or should we just stick it in the notes? We'll stick it in the notes, uh, but it's if anyone wants to, if anyone is so enthused by our discussion that they'd want to pause the show and look right now, uh, mm. it is kickstarter.com slash projects slash prospect games. Uh, that's games. 
that's the developers and if you mm-hmm. go there you'll find some robots and it's called it's called robot champions there. robot champions that's it yeah look it up okay so my um uh, incoming indie this month is called guinea pig parkour <laughs> okay and it is very much as it describes <laughs> It's a uh, it's a very very beautiful looking two D platformer. Okay. Hang on, let me look this up. Guinea... Yeah, look it up. guineapigparkour.com dot com is their Patreon page. Uh, the first, let, let me just say, the first result for uh, guinea pig uh, autocomplete in Google is guinea pig noises. So there's obviously a, a big, <laughs> you know, big demand for guinea pig noises out there. Uh, guinea pig parkour. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So it's it's all hand drawn. It's. <laughs> Uh, looks I think you. I think you'll like it. Yeah, it's really, really nice. It's um, it's beautiful hand-drawn animation. Some of the most beautiful fluid animation I've seen in a game, to be honest. Um, I think it's just one guy working on it. You do it's doing it in his spare time. Um, I think he's a, you know, he's he's got a good basis on it, but I think he's still got a fair way to go. Um, it's yeah, it's a two D platformer. You're a guinea pig. You're you're running, jumping, wall jumping, as parkoury things. Um, there's a nice enemy that looks like a cup of milkshake. You know, it's it's got a level that's called '90s World, <clears throat> which you may see on there. It's um, it's funny. Last month you were describing um, how everything '80s is kind of like neon yeah. and smoky. This '90s World is is what the '90s <laughs> the stereotype will be, especially from a kid's perspective, because it kind of looks like a Nickelodeon cartoon, yeah, like Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it just looks really, really good. It um, does look really good. The animation's yeah. amazing. Mm, on the Patreon, he, um, he intros it. Um, guinea pig parkour is an open-world comedy parkour platformer with hand-drawn animation and a guinea pig with moves. Inspired by 16-bit cartoony platformers like Snares Aladdin, Earthworm Jim, and Yoshi's Island, as well as comedy adventures like Day of the Tentacle and Sam and Max Hit the Road. So, you know, he's um, yeah, he's got a clear vision of what he wants, I think. So I think yeah. it's... Um, it looks really, really nice. I recommend anyone just go and go and have a look. He's got. Um, I just saw this morning he's planning a Kickstarter for it, so I thought I'd mention it today. So by the time this episode comes out, maybe it's there. Um, I was going to say it's not there at the moment, but uh, yeah, maybe no, by hopefully the time we go live and yeah. fairly soon, I think. Yeah, so I just wanted to draw people's attention to that and say if you like it, keep an eye out for the Kickstarter. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I've got to say about it. Really, it's just. Um, there's not there's not tons well there's not loads there at the moment to see i think there's just there's a few there's a couple of different levels and, and things it doesn't have a demo or anything but um just the animation in itself is beautiful yeah it looks amazing yeah just the way the the, the character sort of squashes and you know distorts and kind of rolls up and it looks like he's made out of jelly he does yeah 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 it looks like he's like a sock full of jelly mm <laughs> Um, yeah, which is more impressive than it sounds. It is. It is. It's one of those things you've got to say. It's like VR. You know, yeah. you've got to experience it. You've got to see that sock. You've got to see the, the sock for the jelly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, we are, uh, myself and my girlfriend, are watching a series on Netflix called Black Spot. Um, okay. I had to remember what it's called. And it's kind of like a mystery. Um, it's like a spooky forest in France, and there's like weird stuff going on, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. There's a the police station guy there, he's just got a guinea pig on his desk. 
and no one mentions it in the show. No one ever. <laughs> no, it's just completely. It's never referenced. Oh, nice. And okay. then one time, like the chief of police comes in and he quickly shuffles. He, he just like scoops the. The, the guy at the desk with the guinea pig there, he just scoops mm. a guinea pig into the drawer quickly as if he's not supposed to have it there. Like, oh, sh- oh just get in the drawer. Quick, and, shut up, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And then... Well, you the, better be careful. Apparently they make noises. So, that's the thing. Yeah. The scene carries on and there's this guinea pig going... <laughs> no one references it. It's really weird. I'm just wondering if it's going to be a plot point. <laughs> it could be. So, um, Is it yeah. like a murder mystery? Maybe the guinea pig did it. <laughs> no one ever suspects a guinea pig. No. Um... So yeah, you, we've got a bit of guinea pig synchronicity going on there. So that's yeah, if that's not a sign that you need to to get in on this, and uh, no. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, guinea, guinea pig parkour. It's guineapigparkour.com dot com, and it's at gpigparkour on Twitter. Gpig. Gpig. It sounds like a nickname, doesn't it? Gpig. It does. Maybe that's his name. Gpig. Gpig. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gary Pig. Gary Pig. Yeah. Gary Pig. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, that's that's what he registered it as, and then oh, I could make a game out of my name. Yeah. Anyway, um, after, are we done with all this madness now? I think are we, um, so. Are we all sorted? I don't, I don't know. We, um, I don't know if we can add any more to that. So uh, anyone yeah. who's just tuned in to just hear us talk about Metal Gear Solid so far has been massively disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, next after the break, we will talk about Metal Gear Solid. So yes. stick with us. <laughs> back thanks for staying with us this this month we're talking about metal gear solid at last tactical espionage action that's right that's what it says on the box i believe um yes that little known metal gear solid hidden gem it is a hidden gem yes (laughs) it's a hidden gem hiding in plain sight uh it's hidden to me because i've never played it before i'm i'm that guy yeah um yeah, so uh, yeah, we we talked about the series in our very first episode, didn't we? It was yeah. one of your choices as one of your most favourite series slash games of all time. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I said I'd never played it, and one of our eager-eared listeners by the name of Rick um, has, has been astonished that we haven't covered it thus far, and so he's challenged me to uh, to make it my pick for this this month, and I've taken him up on it. So um, yeah, this one's for you, Rick. Um, so yeah, Metal Gear Solid, uh, developed and published by Konami for the PlayStation 1, um, released in Japan on the 3rd of September 1998, so it's just had its 21st anniversary, coincidentally. That was not planned at all. <laughs> oh, um, well, that was fortuitous. It, it was fortuitous, yeah. It was released in October in uh, in the US, um, 98, and uh, we didn't get it until February 99. Um, there was also a Windows version, apparently, in 2000. Um, so I think it's fairly abundant to pick up. Would you say? 
Yeah. If you wanted to pick up the physical, ten to fifteen pounds I've got written down somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah, something yeah. around that. And uh, if you if you decide to go digital, I think it's in like three ninety nine um, mm. on the PlayStation Is that on... Store. Okay, can you start on PS four? Uh no, PS three. PS three. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, you know an awful lot more about this game, really, than... You played this at the time, yes. I'm guessing? Yeah, yes. okay. Do you want to just uh, provide some sort of intro? Well, I mean, if you were to intro this game, what would you say? Um, it's good. <laughs> it's a good one. What, what um, else would you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just really unique. It's a really unique yeah. game. Um, at the time, I hadn't <clears> played anything uh, quite like it. Um mm. It's definitely not the first stealth game, but it is credited with popularizing um, yes. stealth as a as an in-game mechanic. Um, yeah. You play as a secret agent, special forces type character uh, called Solid Snake, mm-hmm. and you have been tasked with uh, infiltrating Shadow Moses Island and uh, finding out what's going on with some some terrorists mm. uh, they're threatening to launch a nuclear weapon if the remains of Big Boss uh, who is another pivotal character in the Metal Gear series as it as it will transpire um, mm. if his remains aren't turned over then they'll launch a, a nuclear weapon and Snake's mission is to find out if they've got the capability to do that and to stop them if they do mm. um, so that's it you're, you're thrust into the action and uh You've got to complete the mission, um, mm. but it, like we said, it emphasizes stealth over um, sort of all guns, but all, all guns blazing. If you rush in there and just attack everyone that you see, uh, you're going to have a really bad time. Um, you know, yeah. s- sneaking around and not being spotted is, with few exceptions, the way forward. Um, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> it's um. It's very, it's a very cinematic game, isn't it? Yeah, I think this is the first game to really do that, wasn't it? Really, to to really have an emphasis on kind of providing that sort of cinema film like atmosphere, like right from the get go with the intro. While the intro scene is playing, you get like the credits coming up, and when each character is introduced, you actually get their voice actor written, yeah. written there. I mean, that was um, that was quite unusual for the time, I think, and to have such good voice acting as well in this, by the way, is voice acting is really good for the time. It I was. Thought. I remember this might be a, this might be a myth. Um, mm. I should have looked this up to confirm it beforehand, but I seem to remember reading in a PlayStation magazine at the time. Um, I don't think it was the official magazine. It was one of the the um, unauthorized magazines that were popular. That in the Japanese edition or some of the first prints of the game, uh, mm. when it comes up, uh, the, p- the people's names. Um, one of the voice actors had an alias on there and he decided to change it afterwards when he saw how popular the game was and have his real name put on there. No, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it's really like, funny. <laughs> put an alias just in case it's crap. Oh, actually, yeah. this Ooh. is really good. Get my name changed. <laughs> Quick, change it, change it. Oh, it's too late, sorry. <laughs> I hope that's a true story. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so it's actually, um, it is a sequel to game to metal gear on the the ms msx2 is it uh i think yes i think uh yeah, metal gear is... was msx and metal gear 2 was MS, msx okay i think right 
and that's um, is, it, is it a Japanese PC? That it, is? That, yeah, is it, that's a Japanese computer, rather. Yeah, it's a Japanese uh, personal computer. Um, mm. It's based on a standard um, a de- de- device by Microsoft. The MS stands for Microsoft, I believe. Oh, I see. Um, oh. So Microsoft put put together this this standard, and as long as your your PC met these requirements, you could brand it as an MSX. I believe is oh, how I it see. worked. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was quite a bit earlier. That was nineteen eighty seven. I've got it written yeah. down for the first one. So uh, I think it's fair to say the. Outside of hardcore collectors and importers, no mm. one had heard of Metal Gear before Metal Gear Solid came out. This, this is the interesting thing because in the story of this game of Metal Gear Solid, they seem to reference past events and past characters quite a lot. Mm. Are all those? Is this? Are these all events from the first two games? Are you? Are you aware? Have you played these first two games? How I have played. The, I have played the first two games, not to completion, uh, but I mm. have played them. Um, what? Are there any particular events or characters you're referring to in general? I don't know. It just seemed that they referred to um, sort of events like um, how Snake knows um, the ninja character. Yeah. Like they seem to have a past. There seem to be a lot of past events going on. I was just there, wondering. There are a lot of past events. They are covered in. Um, there's some supplementary material on the game disc. There's like some right. um, the story so far type text logs that you can read through I that see. goes through yeah. the, the previous um, stories. Um, so yeah, it is it's very much a continuation um, of of past games. Obviously, I just thought that was an interesting decision, given that this game was would be a lot more sort of public and and well known than yeah. the previous games, especially out of Japan. Anyway, um, I just thought it was an interesting decision to have so much sort of back and keep re- your reference back to those past events rather than sort of wipe a clean slate for a completely new audience you know? yeah hmm. i think it's um i think it's just kojima i think uh hideo hmm. kojima the um writer and director and creator of of metal gear yeah. um i think he's very protective of metal gear as a story it's kind of up until recently um you know with his it all kind of went sour between him and konami and konami mm. and the rest of the world um up until then i think metal gear was kind of his magnum opus really it was yeah. his defining work um yeah. and i don't think even though it was you know going to be a more popular game and marketed more in the west i don't think he would have been amenable to the idea of wiping it wiping the slate clean and and starting for a new audience i think yeah. i think he 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 always had this idea of maybe not all the exact nitty gritty details but i think he always had an idea of the story he wanted to tell given the opportunity so i think that's probably why it it, it he sticks rigidly to the established universe that he'd set up mm. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I kind of figured that might be, yeah, his sort of, you know, his vision for the yeah. for the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a game I enjoyed. I did enjoy playing this a lot. I was kind of gripped, you know, on it. I wanted to finish it. I wanted to keep playing. Um, I did find the story pretty complicated. I must admit, I couldn't follow it all completely. I got the general gist of it, but there are a lot of sort of details a lot of plot twists and things that I couldn't, I wasn't always completely on top of, but I'm okay. kind of like that with, with films and TV shows. I kind of like, you know, I don't, even if I've quite missed something, I'll kind of like go along with it anyway, you know, just like, if Oh, you like that. You're going to love Metal Gear Solid too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's it was the gameplay that kept me come get me coming back. I must admit, yeah. I like the characters and I liked you know the the sort of the general kind of theme of it. But um, yeah, I think the gameplay is is really sort of rewarding. The the whole sneaking around, sneaking aspect. You've got um, a kind of a radar. It's top down, isn't it? First mm-hmm. of all, so it's it's three D graphics, um, but with but you know from a top down angle for the most part, um, like the originals. So you've got um, you've also got a radar most of the time to tell you where the guards are that you're supposed to be avoiding and their sort of um, area of vision, their, their field of view. Um, so you sort of I found myself looking at that while moving around more than more than actually looking at the character. That's actually a criticism that's often leveled at the game is the fact yeah. that you, you a lot of people. A lot of people say that you end up relying too much on the radar and not looking as much at the actual surroundings of the game. So you Mm. you kind of end up focusing on this little one-inch square of the corner of the screen (laughs) and missing (laughs) like the rest of the the action. But it's just a really handy little... It's a good little mechanic and it works. I don't don't know how else they would do it as well. Like You have to have that information and it's quite difficult to... Uh, apart from like zooming out the whole views really far uh, and then even then you wouldn't be able to see how far the guards can see which is really handy on the radar so yeah yeah, it's it's a difficult problem to solve that but I wouldn't wouldn't level it as a criticism personally I think it was just a a sort of a a quirk of the game really that you know I, I was glad it was there rather than not being there, you know. It is a it is a mechanic that's that's abandoned in later games. Okay, interesting. Uh, they do find mm. ways around it. Um, I won't spoil it because if we cover those in future, or you decide to just play one in future, it's mm. you know it, it's one of those things. I think you just enjoy discovering and learning the nuances of uh, in person. But uh, yeah, they they they. It's not a mechanic that sticks around. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um. So yeah, there's uh, the the stealth based thing if you get caught um you all the guards of course sort of descend upon you um if you can escape you've got a sort of a a limited window in which you need to hide and if you can hide for that period of time they'll all sort of go back to what they were doing um that's sort of the main bulk of the gameplay would you say i mean it's actually the the structure of the game it actually reminds me of a sort of a metroidvania like we were talking about earlier funnily enough it's kind of rather than a I think you could, by modern sort of classification of it, you could kind of describe it because it takes place mostly in in one sort of continuous area. You know, you're not going to different themed levels. You're you're going from one sort of facility to another within this sort of compound and multiple floors as well. And you're often held back from going in certain rooms by the keycard system. Yeah. So you've got a keycard with a certain level of access, and by progressing through the story, you get a higher level added to it at certain points and then you can go back to previous rooms that were locked and go back in them and get you know uh, get other stuff or progress through the story etc not just key cards personal mm. area network cards that use mm. the soul in your body as a transmission medium <laughs> yes I still don't know what that means <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand there's a lot of that kind of stuff isn't it there's just sort of take little leaps of um, <laughs> sort of science fiction don't they yeah I, I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but it does. So yeah, I'm right just go that. along with it. It's fine. Yeah. I was going along with the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> um, I thought the bosses were really good. Um, yes, really enjoyed how varied they were. 
Um, had you had any of the game or any of the were you aware of any of the tricks that were going to be played or any any of the the ways to to beat the bosses well I'm the psychomantis i'm one. thinking particularly of psychomantis yes because you talked about this in the first episode oh i did didn't i you did yeah and i was sort of vaguely aware so i think i was mostly aware of it so when you meet psychomantis he's kind of um a psychic and you can read your mind he's got psycho you've got um what's called telekinetic powers and things like that so you meet him and um he he reads the memory card first of all my i was emulating this so my and uh, this uh, my memory card happened to be blank so he couldn't read it um what does he normally do with that if you've got stuff on there um if you've got um it's literally stuff like Oh, I see you like playing pro evolution soccer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's stuff like that. It's um, yeah, it's just, and it only works with Konami games. Um, I oh, think. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Yeah. I think it's if it detects pro evo, um, maybe Castlevania. Um, there's mm. a few like Konami games. It'll just make some snide comments about what games you play, basically. <laughs> okay. And then uh, what else? Oh, this is the control pad thing again. I I was playing this uh, on the Steam Link. So I was playing, it was emulating on my computer upstairs. I was playing it downstairs and I was using a, a, a wireless 360 controller, which for some reason, I don't know if it's because I didn't enable it on the emulator or whatever, but the, the rumble wasn't working on it. So <laughs> there's a point where he says, put your, because it works with the dual shot, originally yeah. works with the dual shot controller. Um, so you used, you're supposed to put the controller down on the floor and he's supposed to move it with his mind by me. And of course the rumble just works. <laughs> But he just did that, and there's like nothing happened. And he goes, "Ha ha! You doubt <laughs> my power. Place your controller on the ground. And what, mate? It's not moving. It's not. Yeah, mate. What? <laughs> yeah. So that kind of failed for him. Um, how high does it jump? Or does it? Does it like? What does it do? It doesn't jump. Um, it just sort of yeah. wobbles about a bit, and it depends. It doesn't work as well on carpet. If you've got like, if you, if you've got a table or something, a hard surface, it will. Mm. It will sort of jiggle about a bit but it is it doesn't sort of leap off the ground i was gonna say because it's a bit i <laughs> i don't think they could really even if it was possible i don't know if they could really allow it because no. it might damage itself you know um but yeah when you fight the the when you fight him um i i, I was vaguely aware of the control pad thing but it didn't it didn't sort of hit me that that's what i had to do because you you play as normal and most of your hits aren't getting through and he keeps dodging them, and you're trying to. And I was, I was just like chipping away at his health, and I was like, "How, how am I supposed to beat this guy?" And I did look it up, and you do have to change. I don't know how you're supposed to know this. <laughs> you have to change the controller, the port to the, the port two, to to make your hits register. Yeah. So if, if you chip away at it long enough. And yeah. I I don't know how long you need to do it, but if you just if you just keep doing it and doing it, and you know, <laughs> eventually Campbell will call you and sort of. I, 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 I can't remember if he outright tells you to swap controller <laughs> ports, but yeah, yeah, he, he they they get fed up of you just banging your head against the wall and, and will tell you like this is what you got to do, but it takes a long yeah. time. I was going to say because that is something you don't even think about doing. What, what in what other situation have you thought about? Oh, maybe it'll work if I plug it into the second controller port. I know. Never. So that's I just know. not a thing, is it? So it's that was. It's, it's yeah. It was really weird. Weird sort of breaking the fourth wall. There's so much moment wall really, breaking in it. It's, there it's is, really good. Yeah. There's another bit after the torture sequence. Um, 
Snake gets captured and you have to endure this this torture sequence. And Mm. one of, I think it's Naomi, um, phones you and says, uh, place the controller on your arm and then it vibrates. And he goes, oh, that feels nice. And (laughs) it's like, oh, it's nanomachines in your blood. And it's, it's just, it's... You just oh, I didn't feel even like, see that. Yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing, <laughs> and you just feel like an idiot just sat there with a holding a dual <laughs> yeah. shot controller against your arm. <laughs> it's just. I feel like this was him just Hideo Kojima thinking, "What can I get them to do?" Yeah. <laughs> it's just... And also the fact during that Psychomantis uh, battle, occasionally it will just like get a black screen with that Hideo yeah. message in the po- in the top corner, yeah. which doesn't work as well now that we're not on CRT TVs. No, it doesn't. But it's made to mimic. Uh, like an, an old CRT TV, when you change like the the input channel, it would be, have like I think I guess video or something in, yeah. the, in the top corner in like green text. So he puts up hideo, in there. and it goes black for like, a few seconds, then it goes back. And that um, I can imagine that must have freaked a few people. Yeah, out. it's just one of those things. It's just there to screw with you, and it things. just plays with you. Yeah. It's really weird. I've never seen a game do that before. Speaking of the whole fourth wall breaking uh, and the yeah. fact that you emulated it, how did you yeah. did you get stuck finding Merrill's Kodak frequency? Well, I just looked it up, but <laughs> but did, yeah, did, did did you know you had to? Did you know it I was? Th- yeah, because it says it's on. It, it literally says it's on the back of the the box. I think. Yeah, it says the. the and I did think it's is on the that back an, of the CD is, case. But did you? Yes, is that an item I've got? I was looking through my. Items I was going to say. I have a CD. Did, case. did you think it was like a, an item in game, or did you tweet yeah. that? Oh, actually, maybe well, it means the physical box. <clears throat> I think it's. Um, I think it's one of the first breaking fourth wall things. Um, it does. So I can imagine people would have said, "I don't have the CD case item." Um, but no, I knew that this game does those kind of tricks. And uh, I thought it must mean look at the CD case. Yeah. So I just googled it. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting uh, sort of anti-piracy approach, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was going for. I think it's just more just a screw with you, maybe. Um, yeah. No, yeah. in Kojima, I think it's probably a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, I did find the color palette a little bit bland for my liking. Um, it's mainly just sort of greys and and sort of these sort of cold metallic greens throughout most of the game. Yeah. I would I would say it kind of. Uh, I I normally like a lot of color in my games, so yeah. I've always found that a little bit off putting about the game. Possibly one of the reasons I would haven't really looked into it before. Um, I have been looking to play for this for quite a while, but you know, back in the day, particularly. Um, yeah, you get used to it. It's just one of those things, really. But it's just, um, I don't know. Could have done with a bit of colour, maybe. Don't know. Maybe, maybe. I think I, I will. I'll defend that. I think it is just. Okay. I think it's. It's an artistic choice. I think it's yeah. meant to feel cold yeah. and in, inhospitable, and yes, you know. Um, there's a little bit of colour around the, you know, Psychomantis's area. There's some. Yeah, nice... as you get further into the game, you get a little bit of variation between like the sections you go into a sort of a furnace and a freezer and that kind of thing so yeah. it varies a bit although i would say about the color palette there is a one point fairly early on where you have to look for a slightly discolored wall yes to just <laughs> like uh, put like an explosive device next to it and explode it i could not tell the difference between this slightly discolored wall and really? a regular wall i really couldn't see it i don't know if it was my tv or what but yeah, ah. it didn't look any different to me. I do have it on quite a low brightness setting, I think, so that might be it. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that it would was, be difficult. Um, then. <laughs> it would be a bit difficult. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't couldn't see it. I had to look up where where to put the put the things. Ah. Um, atmospheric music, nothing yes. 
quite more like a modern game in the sense that it's just kind of there you know it doesn't stand out in keeping with the whole you know keeping things quiet Kind of I remember thing. again. This is going back to th- this was an interview in official PlayStation <clears throat> magazine. I remember reading uh, Hideo Kojima saying he wasn't very happy with with the sound on the PlayStation uh, of the original okay. game. Uh, the what he wasn't particularly satisfied with how it came out. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, um, I liked it. I liked it. I, I love I love the theme tune. I like the the music when you're uh, when there's an alert. Um, there's lots yeah. of little catchy, catchy little tunes in there. I think, yeah. and it's you know, I find the psychomantis music very creepy, very unnerving, unsettling. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm, I I I quite like it, but yeah, apparently the man himself not so impressed. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I mean, it's all just a CD quality soundtrack. He wasn't talking about the the technical hardware of the PlayStation, was he? Or, I or... think I it's I don't think it was. It wasn't CD soundtrack though. I think it was um, um, uh, tracked. Um, you know, it was using the the sound tri- the sound chip inside the PlayStation, like a oh, MIDI, MIDI track. Yeah, yeah, than... I see, I see. Yes, okay. Um, so yeah, okay. I think it worked quite well. I did. I didn't. I couldn't tell the difference between it being a CD quality and or not. So no. it worked on me. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I kind of feeling he's the kind of person that's never quite. He's he's a <laughs> yeah he's a, he's an absolute perfectionist. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, the graphics, um, I guess, quite impressive for the PlayStation, really, aren't they? They were for the time. Yeah. Um I thought they were yeah. they were amazing for the time. Um, mm. There's lots of little graphical things. They kind of cheat a little bit, uh, like the mm. the first the first area of the game. Um, where you come out of the water and you've got to get to the elevator at the back. There's yep. loads of um, puddles on the floor that reflect. Uh, mm. They show a reflection of what's on the ceiling, and it's really impressive. It's, don't think it's ever used again in any part of the game. Um, it's no. just there to sort of, oh. Just to wow you initially. Wow, look yeah. at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> When you get outside to the helipad, uh, you can leave footprints in the snow as you go along. Mm. And if a guard mm. spots them, he'll follow them. Um, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, doesn't happen anywhere mm. else in the game. No. <laughs> so yeah. Y- yeah, there's it's lots of cool of... little things, but it's just, it, rather than being whole game mechanics, it's just like these little segments to impress you, but then it's not really mm. used again. Mm. When I... um. So I was emulating this. I upped the the internal resolution two times to make it look a bit sharper. Mm-hmm. Um, during cutscene, I noticed it's are, are they are they pre rendered the cutscenes? No, are they not? Because they think so. No, I they, think no, I, they're, no, they're all they're all animated within engine. I think. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I get whenever a cutscene happens, it all goes really low res. Oh. And I would have thought if it was in game, it wouldn't do that. Maybe it was animated in game and then stored, stored mm. as an FMV. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I just wonder what would be the point in that. <laughs> I think that I, I suspect that's what they've done, but I'm just trying to get my head around why they would, why they would do that. I don't is that know. Why... The, the only reason I could think is because Kojima's very. Very keen on his sort of cinematic presentation, mm. and if it was done in game, like full motion animation, 
Hmm. I suppose there's a possibility of there being camera glitches or oh, or something yeah, that yeah. would you know ruin his yeah. yeah you know okay that, yes. that you know that's pure speculation though but... no, no you're probably going to something there yeah yeah interesting but no, that's interesting hmm. I didn't I've never never really thought you about can it. really tell the difference if you've got like two times resolution set and suddenly it all goes a bit sort of blurry and a bit kind of weird yeah. during a cutscene it's not it's not doesn't look terrible but it's, it's definitely a it's just a, an interesting little insight into you know hmm. how you, the, the mechanics of it all yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. um yeah, i don't really have much else written about it to be honest um it was just it was just a good game a really good game um a lot quite varied you know um always kind of kept you kept you on your toes as you never really not quite sure what what could happen next you know it's just that kind of a bit like undertale really it's it's kind of like and that which also broke the fourth wall you know yeah it's it's just a very it's a sort of intriguing game i can imagine for the time it was very very groundbreaking oh it was mm. yeah it really was mm. um yeah it, it completely absorbed my life for you mm. know for the time it came out um i can't remember what i traded in like a stack of games together i can't remember what yeah. i traded in like yeah because obviously you know at school you didn't have much you know no. money to spend on games and i traded in about four or five games to get it because i think it was it, what when did you say it was kept what what 19 early early 99 february 99 i think february 99 yeah okay so yeah, so yeah it would have been a quick bit far from like birthdays or any other chance i would have got it so mm. i would i couldn't have waited that long so yeah i, I <laughs> stack of games i gave him for it but yeah um from the moment i got it home i just played it completely you know played it to death um mm. there's so many little things in there like little things that you wouldn't think of like there's a section where you have to navigate some caves just after uh the psychomantis fight mm. um did you find the trick you could do with the box and the dogs <laughs> no i don't think i did no because you know that there's like wolves in that cave yeah. Yeah. Um, you can get one of the wolves if you equip the cardboard box. There's cardboard boxes yeah. you can find around the game that you can hide in. Yes. If you you can trick one of the dogs into weeing on the box, and then if you do that, you'll smell the dog. Other wolves will come up, smell it, think you're a wolf, and a little heart will appear above their head, and they'll walk off and leave you alone. Uh, okay. It's the same effect happens when you get the handkerchief. Is it Mer- is it Meryl's handkerchief? Meryl's handkerchief, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If you equip, I, think, I can't remember if you have to equip it or if, it, if it's just if it's just there. But if you go back through the walls with Meryl's handkerchief, they do the same thing because yeah. she's. Oh, is it? No, it's not. Is it? Um, it's not uh, Meryl's it's like handkerchief. A wolf. It's yes, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. she's like got an affinity with the wolves, isn't she? So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I discovered that because that was a really annoying segment. I had to go back through there a few times, and it's yeah. just. They're, they're really persistent, those ones. <laughs> and if you... I think it's... If you get... this, I can't remember what section of the game it's in, but it's when you've got the sniper rifle. Mm. Um, you can shoot the rats. You see, like, rats going across yeah. um, the, like, girders and stuff. And yeah. if you shoot enough of them, Campbell and Mailing and all the others will call you on the codec and berate you for hurting the animals and say uh, torturing small animals is the sign of a warped mind and just (laughs) (laughs) I love little things like that that they put in yeah they think oh someone's going to do that a lot this a lot let's let's put a little easter egg in there everyone 
Yeah, it's there's so many little things like that. We didn't really talk about the codec. That's sort of a um, like a radio transmitter. It's a bit like it's a bit like a radio transmitter, but it directly stimulates the small bones of your ear, so only you Mm. will be able to hear it. Yes, yeah, which is quite good if you're stealthing around trying to avoid. (laughs) It's perfect. It never explains how he can talk back, though. No, no. (laughs) But you know, microphone. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those things you've got to go with. I never even thought about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's like a little. Um, it's a screen that kind of you've got the two characters on either side, I and mean, you just saw their portraits and their mouths moving. And it's just um, it's used a lot just to convey dialogue and lots of story as well. And some of these cutscenes are quite lengthy, aren't they? Oh, they are very lengthy. Yeah, but um, mm. it's just a really, it's just a really great story. It's um, a, mm. you know, a, a very obvious um, anti-nuclear message uh, in yes. there, anti-nuclear war message, which um, is an important message. Um, I'm mm. not. I, I'm not one for politics in games, um, generally. Um, no. I'm not against it as a rule, but I, I don't like politics being shoehorned into no, into everything. No, but no. uh, in this particular instance, I mean, it, it's it's done really well. It's got a, it's got an important yeah. message, and it kind of I don't know. It's not too heavy handed with it. It's it, no, no, it, you know. And it's a, yeah, it's, it's it's got a good good anti nuclear war message and anti nuclear proliferation message. Mm. Um, my bugbear with the game. There's one particular segment that I didn't enjoy then, and I enjoy. I always dread it when it comes back to to playing it playing it through again. Mm. And that's the pal keys at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> did that bother you? Or did you just sort of take um, that in your Not particularly, stride? because you don't have to backtrack too far to to basically this. You've got this one key, and you're supposed to, he, all the whole while well, he thinks he needs three keys um, to know when to, to, to deactivate um, Metal Gear, um, which is a big, you know, robot thing. Um, and he, yeah, all this time he thinks he needs three keys, but it turns out to be. I, I, oh, hang on a minute. Do we want to do spoilers here? That's a bit of a. Sp- kind of a spoiler isn't it oh, i mean i know a lot of people have played this but anyway there's this key that you need to i've probably over over described it now but spoiler wise but there's a key that you need to modify by going to three di- to yeah two different places um in order to modify the key and then go back and put the key in because then it becomes like three different keys um i didn't find it too too annoying because um, I don't think you have to backtrack too far. There's only just like the two previous sections, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I yeah, I suppose. I think it's just it just felt to me, and it still feels to me a bit like padding. It's like yeah, yeah, I know. We don't we we've run out of stuff to you know the game's going to be over too quick. Just make them go back and forward a few more times, <laughs> you know. Um, it, now it does give it that Metroidvania element though. Uh, I suppose nowadays, it does. this is kind of why I said it was kind of a Metroidvania. There's uh, there's a couple of bits like that. There's, the one that was more annoying for me was the the sniper, where mm. we have to get the sniper gun. Got to go the, yeah all the way back. You got to go the all the way back almost to the beginning to get this sniper gun, and then go. Well, it just seemed a bit, and especially when the situation. I won't say what it is, but the situation is so dire and so <laughs> like emergency, and now all of a sudden I've got to go back like loads of rooms, all this really long. I I I, I didn't like that. Um, Especially because it meant you had to go through that bloody wolf section again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. But the keys one didn't bother me too much. 
and you just before is it just i can't remember if it's before that section or after that section uh where said event happens mm. um i think it's just before uh the where meryl warns you that there's a minefield there's mines and yeah. she walks around this careful path oh yeah, yeah. you could just run straight forward can you? Yeah. Are there no mines there at all? There's no mines there. There's mines <laughs> I... around, but if you just run straight forward, you miss them all. You don't have oh, to go okay. around that path at all. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder that. <laughs> that would be the kind of that would be a great kind of little another little fun thing, to, funny thing for them to do. Like, yeah, there's no mines there at all. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes you go on this really convoluted path around. Did for you? No reason. Did you have a favourite character? Um, I think Snake himself. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Um, I mean, Psychomancer is a great character. Yeah. But I quite liked, I quite liked the Snake character. I think there was something quite likable about. It. He's quite gruff and quite serious, but he kind of revealed, you know, more about himself as he goes on. Yeah. And he does have like a reg- at the end. You find out he's just got a real, a regular, a really regular first name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Yeah, um, I really like that for some reason, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I quite I really like the character, his character. I thought um, at first you seem like he's, he he seems like a kind of a one dimensional kind of, you know, very straight. I got to go in, I got to do this. Don't care about anyone else. Don't care about any anything else. But you know, he he reveals to have a, much, a lot more emotions than you would give him credit for at first. Yeah, um, and a lot more of a backstory, and just much more of a human being. And, yeah, um, he's a lot I, deeper I, I d- than he than he first appears. Yeah, and I was surprised by that. I thought I was surprised by how much emotion there was from some of these characters actually, because yeah. there was a lot of, you know, people talking about you know their upbringing and their parents and their sort of backstories and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, that was quite surprising. Mm. Yeah, I like Otacon. I thought Otacon's a, yeah. a, a great oh, yeah, character he's, as well. Yes, he's a good character. Yeah. Mm. I see. They're all good characters, really. There aren't any they characters are, yeah. I really, I really dislike. I mean, even, even Liquid Snake, um, who's the main bad guy. He's the main bad guy. Although he sort of verges on being a bit of a pantomime, yes, mustache twirling villain at times. Yeah, very um, British accent and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to swat <laughs> down a couple of bothersome flies. It's, yes. it's like yeah. you know, it's a little bit. I don't know, mm. a little bit corny, but mm. he's still, he's still. I think that makes him all the more likable. It does, honest. it does, and there's mm. still a bit, a bit of depth to his character. He's not just a generic bad guy, you know, evil for the sake of being evil. He's you, got his reasons. He's yeah. got his motivations, and you know, mm. misguided as he might be, you can kind of see, you can see what made him be the way he is. Um, mm. I like the the. the I like a complex villain. I don't like, you oh, know, yeah. it's nice to have someone, a, a villain who's not just a, you know, a, a generic bad guy. Yeah. You know, I like they've got they, a reason they for put being the effort bad, in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, it's a game full of um full of great characters, you know. The vo- the really the, the good voice acting really helps that as well. Oh, the voice acting is tremendous, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very very good. Did you um, unlock any of the extras? Did you manage to unlock the stealth camouflage or the tuxedo? I didn't know. Um, I uh, sort of stopped playing once I completed it. Ah, there um, you go. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. you can actually unlock the the stealth camouflage, so you can go around and uh, just basically just mess with the guards. Um, okay. You can like throw you equip the stealth camouflage and then just go and attack one, and they'll yeah. they'll just get up and act all confused because they can't see you. Um, <laughs> 
and yeah it's just great fun to just play around you know with so you can walk around the whole thing and, and the whole thing yeah yeah you can oh, just... there's no limitation on it you just no? oh okay no. that's, that's quite cool yeah. yeah yeah you just you equip the stealth camouflage and that's <coughs> it you're off um oh, uh, it doesn't okay. count for boss battles obviously but uh you know oh. and sort of scripted events all all happen as they should but like the yeah. the run-of-the-mill gameplay yeah you, you just equip it with you know and and have fun with it yeah um you probably didn't, by the sound of it. But did you play any of the uh, the add-on disc, the special missions? No, no, I didn't. know. I, I was reading up on it a little bit before um, we recorded, just on Wikipedia. I know there's a lot of sort of extra little training missions and stuff, isn't there? Yeah, there's there's lots of VR. There's like a whole section of VR training missions uh, included in the game, and then mm. they did an add-on disc uh, called Metal Gear Solid Special Missions, which is mostly a collection of VR missions, uh, uh, like additional ones. Yeah. Um, but there's like a murder mystery mode as well, um, okay. where you've got to solve. Um, You've just got to solve like little murder mysteries. You've got to go in. Um, I can't. It's, but I didn't play it for this uh, for this show, and I probably haven't played it in sort of ten or fifteen years. Hmm. Um, so I might get the details wrong. But for, uh, there's one. You've got like the genome soldiers, the the guards uh, who were like the main enemy in the game. Yeah. And there's one of them dead on the floor, and one of the, he's got one bare foot. And then you've got a line of suspects and you've got to figure out which one of them killed him. <laughs> and you've got to look for the one who, instead of wearing a balaclava, he's got a little bobble on the top of his head where he's actually wearing the, the missing sock. And that's how you know it's him. <laughs> it's just like these weird little... That's brilliant. Yeah, it's just these weird little murder mysteries. Oh, that sounds really fun. It's well worth give playing. Us... And there's a, yeah. there's a level where you can play as uh, the ninja as well. Oh, cool. um, so it's just a cool little add-on to the... It doesn't add anything to the story, but it's just more playing with the, the sort of mechanics of the game in, in sort of new and interesting ways. And it's... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's well worth well worth playing if you if you feel so inclined. Hmm. Cool. Uh, and by the way, um, these all these villains, they've got like, uh, you know, fancy names like um, Revolver Ocelot, Ocelot Revolver, that kind of Revolver thing. Revolver Ocelot, yeah. Revolver Ocelot. I wouldn't want to be the guy who gets handed um, Decoy Octopus, is the, <laughs> is the name. <laughs> Did you, I, I should have written this down, because I can't remember it now. Did you, at the end of the game, it will give you your code name. Do you remember what yours was? No, I don't. I think I might have... Is it on the same screen as it kind of gives you all your stats? Yeah. Yeah, I took a screenshot of it. I don't remember what it said, though. It's either on that screen or just afterwards. It will say your code name is, and it will be... It's usually something really, un, you know, uh, unflattering. It's something, you know, <laughs> you know, it'll be like Renegade Walrus or something like that. And you, it'll oh, just, okay. It'll oh, so you... it's like one of those, but it's just like... Yeah, is it, yeah. Is it is it based on your gameplay or is it? Yeah, kind of it's random? based on oh, okay. on like your total game time and how many times you were spotted and it oh, is cool. It is possible to get a big boss, which is like you know you perfected the game. You didn't set a foot wrong and you did it in the quickest possible time. Oh, okay, luckily um, I screenshotted it, so I'll let you know what it was. Yeah, yeah. Have a look. Um, mm. But yeah, okay. I thought that's that's quite a cool little feature as well. I should have remembered what what it said for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like that. That's a, a cool little feature. Yeah. Um, 
So I take it from, you know, the, the general tone of the discussion. You enjoyed it. You would recommend it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think it's a really good game. It was revolutionary for its time. I think it still holds up pretty well, you know, playing it in 2019, you know, 21 years later. I enjoyed it. Um, obviously, the the genre has, has probably moved on, you know, all sorts of ways. But, you know, I mean, I, d- I don't really play a lot of stealth games, to be honest, but I enjoyed I, I did enjoy it. Um, How much do you know about Metal Gear Solid 2? Not much. I know the uh, the the fact that you don't really play as Snake. That's right. No, you play as someone else. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> uh, that's all I know about it, really, I think. Um, you should play it. I should, yeah, I probably will. I do have it. I've got it on PS2. Um, and I, I, it's one of those I've always wanted to get around to once I've done this one. So, um, yeah, it's on the list somewhere. Yeah, um, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, the story's a lot more complex, uh, but it's a very, very prescient story. It's very ahead of its time, I think. It's, it's got a lot of commentary on uh, what we would now call social media um, okay. and the, the effect it would have on society. And it sets up a, yeah, it sets up a lot of what's going to be the, the main Metal Gear mythology going forward in the in the the following games um but yeah it was oh. very very ahead of its time in sort yeah, i was of the, gonna say that sounds incredibly ahead of its time yeah, yeah. and sort of the sort of um particularly the culture of just logging you know blogging every little thought and every <laughs> photo and everything it's yeah it's it's a very interesting oh, really? game. i wouldn't yeah. have i wouldn't have expected that yeah, yeah so de- okay. definitely add it to the to playlist at some point um, yeah um we've got a couple of um uh well not just comments um well, quite long um, descriptions about about people's um, enjoyment of. Uh, well, this yeah, game. I mean, it's it's a game that I think it it's a game that means a lot to a lot of people. I think. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, I asked um, Rick, who recommended the game to us, if he could uh, give us a few words on on what on his personal you know experience with it, and he's um uh, he's gone back to me with a, with a, a direct message on Twitter. Um, so he he writes um, this is at Rick underscore Walden. Waldron. Um, <clears throat> Metal Gear Solid is in my top 10 games of all time. I originally bought a dodgy copy of it from some unsavory type at the local car boot. Hey. Took, it, <laughs> took it home, stuck it in the PlayStation, and was blown away even before getting to the main title screen. The five-minute intro was like watching the start of a Hollywood blockbuster. Yeah, definitely. I'd never seen anything like it before. The voice acting, score, and sound effects are all phenomenal. The gameplay is top-notch. You can play the, you can play the way you want. Want to sneak past all the guards in this room? Go right ahead. Or maybe you want to uh, watch the patrol routes from an air vent, then sneak out and break the guard's neck when they're at their most vulnerable. Can you do that? Yeah, you can. can you yeah. break their neck. Oh, right. yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, uh, if you press square, you can sort of grab them from behind, um, mm. and you can sort of drag them off to a corner um, and then sort of choke them out. Um, if you just okay. keep tapping square, <coughs> it'll it'll go like, Ooh, and then I didn't know you could do any of that. I was just avoiding everyone. I didn't know you could silently kill them. <sighs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You can you can sort of grab them and sort of drag them away and. Oh. Okay, so Did that's you... quite. I mean, that's quite. Um, you know, I would expect that sort of thing from a later stealth game rather yeah. than. Yeah. Just... Yeah, it's really good. Did Did you we we briefly mentioned the boxes? I don't want to interrupt Rick's comment, but did you hmm. did you find. Did you like did, using the boxes? I, d- I didn't use them a lot. I did find them and I did use them, but I got spotted in one. I walked along and I just sort of <laughs> left myself there and a guard questioned it and just lifted it off. So it didn't really work. So I didn't use it again after that. I thought these boxes are rubbish. Oh, I love it. I love it. They come up and go. I love the idea oh, though. It's great. J- 
just a box mm. and walks yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah, never mind that the box was like five meters over there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. so um, he continues. The uh, the codec is a great feature. If you've ever if you're ever unsure what to do next, then just give uh, old Roy Campbell a call. Want to know some information about the weapon you're carrying? Then you want to ask Natasha Romanenko. That's her name, right? Rom- Romanenko, uh, the chain-smoking Russian. Uh, need to brush up on your sneaking skills? Then give Master Miller a bell. Or if it's just a morale boost, uh, morale boosting quotes you're after, then try hitting up Mailing because she's full of them. The bosses are something else. Each one a completely different personality with a different strategy needed to face them. Each time you meet a boss for the first time or any character, their name pops up on screen with the voice actors names in bracket, adding to the film feel of the cutscenes. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, you normally get a monologue from each member of Foxhound where they'll tell you about their past before you kill them. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my particular favorite is Vulcan Raven telling you what a badass he is at the ear pulling contest. Yeah, I did enjoy that bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to skip the next uh, paragraph if you don't mind, Rick, because it does contain like spoilers for the whole game, basically. Um, well, and we'll we'll leave those aside. Um, so I think uh, MGS, one of the first games I played that broke the fourth wall, whether it's the uh, section with Psychomantis in the second controller port, or when you need Meryl's codec frequency that can only be found on the back of the box. Um, I think that was Kojima's way of fighting back at video game piracy, and it certainly worked on me anyway. Obviously, I had no box to look at, so when I got to that bit, I eventually figured out what it meant, and I had to wait for the following weekend to go to Woolworths in the town centre with a pen to write the frequency on the back of my hand. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, I didn't quite fight piracy then, you know, you could just go to a shop and look at it, but yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, so, I'm very interested to hear if it seems as good when you play it for the first time in 2019 versus 1999. Thanks again for taking on my pick and keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Rick. That's brilliant. That's um, that's really really good. Uh, great to hear your your personal experiences with it. Um, yeah, excellent. Awesome. Yeah, um, we also had another one. Um, I I because it was the his uh, sorry the anniversary the other day. I had a look on Twitter to see who was who happened to be tweeting about it, and I did find uh, someone who got back to me. And uh, this is from at Whipper TV, <clears throat> who has a Twitch channel. So go and check it out. Um, he writes I would have been around 8 years old at the time living in a country town we had just got on our Playstation and the only game we had was V-Rally you can only race around the track so much so my older brother got me in the car and we drove to the main street to the video store as we were digging through the releases this store attendant comes up and tells us about this new action game that came out but it was like nothing we had ever seen and suggests we play it we read the title Metal Gear Solid we got it home and it blew us away Every cutscene was like a movie. The stealth aspect kept us on our toes and we were genuinely invested into each character. I even remember getting up in the middle of the night, making my own save and seeing how far I could get on my own. I have owned and played every other Metal Gear title since that day. Since then, I've completed the game more times than I can count. I've unlocked secret items, seen Easter eggs, and chances are I can quote 90% of the game. Wow, that's that's a lot of dialogue to quote. He showed me that games could be more than a pastime experience. They can be art, they can be a mind-blowing experience, and they can also give you some of the best memories. I credit Metal Gear Solid for making me a gamer and by proxy a streamer slash content creator. I credit Hideo Kojima as one of my creative inspirations and heroes. I cannot wait to see what he gives us with Death Stranding. Happy 21st birthday, Metal Gear Solid. 
Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, thank you very much, Whipper TV. That was that's uh, that's brilliant. That's it's really to, awesome. It's not the first time we've had a comment like that <clears> where <throat> a <throat> game has inspired someone to create things themselves and that's get right, into yeah. the, you know, into a creative, you know, uh, avenue of expression. And um, I just love that. I really mm. love that. You know, a game can have that kind of monumental effect on someone and it's the, fascinating the, isn't it that it's amazing it can, it's, it's it can wonderful. shape their whole lives yeah it's um it's i think the, the the people who made like the first video games must have been baffled by that as so, like a new medium this these 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 games you know i'm sure they put a lot of work into them but they wouldn't have thought they, they couldn't have imagined people what, so yeah what it would become yeah it's incredible yeah so it's great to hear those those opinions you know for for games that mean so much to people it's really good to to sort of hear those personal opinions and personal stories about you know how they've influenced their life and their careers and it is it is i I really love it because you know games Mm. even to this day i mean not as much as they used to maybe but they do get a bad press and Mm. you know gamers get a bad press yeah and i think to people who you know games who consider games important to them um it is just really nice to to hear things like that it's like people who get it you know people yeah. who you know it's like yeah I, I i know exactly what you mean i know where you're coming from with that it's just it's just a cool thing i just it's good i like it yeah yeah okay so um unless there's anything else you want to say i think that's um that's metal gear solid done um yeah i think that's metal gear solid um mm-hmm. I would I will just say my favourite bit of dialogue from mm. from the game um is mm-hmm. when Snake says they're carrying five five sixes and pineapples. <laughs> yes, I do vaguely remember that. It's timeless. It's timeless. Yeah. What does he mean by pineapples? Uh hand grenades. I thought it might be a grenade, I wasn't sure. Yes, it does, yeah, they do look a bit like grenades, don't they, pineapples? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Nature's yeah. nature's grenade pineapple yes um eat it your peril actually interesting <coughs> fact about the um apparently when you eat a pineapple it feels mm. you know it makes your tongue feel a bit fuzzy apparently yeah. that's because there's an enzyme in the pineapple that's literally eating away the surface of your tongue <laughs> so okay. you know that'll be why that's good to there know there you go watch out for that um okay so uh next show yeah um i've got a pick and I've changed my mind. Um, I had, have you? Yeah, oh, I had okay. a, I had a game in mind. Um, it's a movie tie-in. That's all I'll say because I haven't decided uh-huh. whether to use it for a later a later show. I'm still evaluating whether there's enough really for us to talk about. Okay. Um, so I'm going to revert back to my backup game. Um, it's still on the Xbox 360. Yeah. And uh, it's Driver San Francisco. Okay. Uh, it's the first um, in the dri- in the driver series. In the driver series, yeah. Okay, right. Uh, right. I'm f- not familiar with it in particular. Oh, that's <clears> good. <throat> that's good. Um, it's mm. got a really unique little twist on the driving um, driving genre and mm. the uh, the driver series in particular. And I don't think any game's done it quite the same since. It's a really cool little gimmick that it's got under its sleeve, under its sleeve, up its sleeve, in its sleeve. Sleeves are full of gimmicks, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my pick, and we'll be interested to see what you think of it. Okay, no, I wasn't expecting that. No, excellent. Okay, cool. Yes, it's, it's. I like it when you surprise me with your pick. Sometimes I can kind of guess them, 
And sometimes, <laughs> as in the case with uh, the last one, it's exactly the same as yeah. what I was going <laughs> But yeah, and sometimes you just throw a little curveball there. And it's, I, yeah, I okay. try and throw a curveball okay. from time to time. Um, yeah. the, the pick I would have made uh, would have been a, a major curveball, so I'm going to keep that for a future mm, one. It sounds like it, yeah. I just I don't, don't, I don't, I don't know what that could be. It's interesting, but I just don't know if there's enough there yet for us to... I don't know if it would just be like, okay, yeah, that was a game, and not really much more that we could discuss. So I'll put it on the okay, back burner yeah. for now, and we'll focus yeah. on Driver for the time being. All right, okay. Yeah. I mean, through the 360 games, are by, by compared in comparison to the retro games, they're generally a lot more sort of more detailed, and there's a lot more stuff in them. Yeah. Just by the nature of the increase in technology capabilities. So I'd have thought there's, in most 360 games, there's enough to talk about, but yeah, yeah. okay. Well, we'll see. see I'm looking forward to playing this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'll have to pick that up. uh, It's quite cheap. Um, It's if anyone wants to play along, you can get copies for about ten pounds, eleven pounds. It's not. It's not a hugely expensive game. Um, But yeah, uh, without spoiling it, it's got a really neat gimmick. Uh, It's a lot of fun to play around with. So I'm looking forward to see our opinions on it on the next show. Okay, intriguing. Driver San Francisco, you said. That's the one. Okay, cool. I shall get it soon. <laughs> All right. Um, so that, that wraps it up. Um, if you want to go to our website, we're podomop.net, where you'll find all our episodes. Um, uh, we're also obviously available on all popular podcasting clients. Um, you can email us, podomop at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your, oh, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> at at Podumup on Twitter, believe it or not. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Um Is there something else? I can't remember. No. I don't think there is. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I if, don't think no, I think we've covered everything. We've, we've done covered the everything. we've done the comments, we've done yeah. If okay. there's a sudden <laughs> jump cut when you listen to this, it means we've remembered yeah. something and added it in afterwards. But I think that's <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's everything for now. So um All right. thank okay. you for listening and I hope you listen again on the next show. Do please. Alright, thanks guys. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.